the Appalachian Sports Coverage Two Podcast here on AppalachianSports.com. Mitch Life, Braden Gall. You can follow us on the Twitters at Athlon Mitch, at Braden Gall. Rate, review, subscribe. Podcast at AthlonSports.com is the email address. Mitch, how are you, sir? I'm well. Very well. Just, it's a, I was going to say it's a beautiful t- mm. Tuesday morning, but it's not really a beautiful Tuesday morning. It's just, it's good. Things are good. Um, so... This technically is kind of our first 2019 podcast. Um, all of our previous podcasts that took place in the calendar year of 2019 were about the 2018 football season. So it's sort of like the Super Bowl and the national championship, even though it's in the calendar yeah, it year. Bothers, it's really, it's a, it bothers me that it had 2019 patch on their chest and on the logo on the field, but I realized immediately after thinking, oh, I don't like that, that you can't put the wrong year on the field. So. I, it, it, it creates some <laughs> awkwardness. Like I've, I've already the 2018 s- national champion is Cl- the Clemson Tigers. Like I've, I've already started writing some stuff for the magazine for next year, and I was writing my hot seat list, and I was talking about Clay Helton, and I said he for a guy you know for a guy who's won a Rose Bowl and a Big Ten title, and I put in parentheses the years Pac-12 he won, uh, yeah, Pac-12 title, the years he won it, like he won the Rose Bowl, like. <laughs> Oh, it, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the game yeah. was in 2018, but it was or 17, but it was the 16th yeah. season. It just, it just in I, his just say won the Rose Bowl in his first season, but it was his first full go. season. It, it, just the way uh, it was the way it was phrased. Such such first world problems you have. I can't go on like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we'll have some current events, some news and notes, some coaching maneuvers, some transfer quarterbacks Man- maneuvers. I thought you were going to say coaching maneuvers. That that, that too. <laughs> so you may have that opinion of some of the hires. So we'll do that. Uh, a little bit later on in the pod. I also have one question, and I might try to do this each week. I've got one question about 2019 actual football that you will not be prepared to answer that I'm just – like you won't have a have Are you trying beforehand. to stump me or you just – No, might, no, no. Okay. It's supposed to be fun and like, stupid. Don't ask and, me who like no. stepping in a red guard at Akron. No, no, no. I, I mean, you should know that. But, no, no, this will be some Stan just silly Stevenson. fun stuff. Silly fun stuff. Okay, I, silly fun stuff. Stan, that's, a, that's the name of a guard if I ever heard one. Yes. Not, big, a, lot of, not a lot of stands – catching passes on go routes nickname big stan big big stan uh all right however today the primary focus and and we i wanted to sort of let the 2018 season finish and come to a conclusion before you and i delved a little deeper into the expansion waters and i didn't want to have the same conversation that we've had about this issue for the last however many years five years of the college football playoff because you and i like if you've listened to this pod at all you know where you and I both stand on this. I'm anti-expansion. You're a little bit more pro-expansion. We could argue about the format and the structure all you want to. I just it's that that conversation's old to me. It's been done, um, but I did want to explain to people and maybe talk through why is all of this stuff happening now? All of these rumors and reports and you know of of people of note, power brokers, actually speaking on the record about this stuff for the first time. So we need to address it and then fully explain exactly what's going to happen and how long this could take and the whole process of expansion. So we're going to try to give you guys um, like a, a minor doctorate, like a, a minor in, in expansion, or is it like a PhD in expansion? Just a class. PhD is pretty high level. This is like when you get a ticket for speeding and you have to go for like four and a half hours to one class. The worst you, experience of my life. Yeah, I hate that stuff too. I just paid it. I don't even go anymore. I just pay them. After a year, it gets yeah. off your record. It's yeah, it's, I've done it twice. It's just brutal. Yeah, so this will be a... Um, Sort of like a like a mini doctorate in, in expansion so that you can tell all your friends how smart you are about expansion. So the first question I, I have is very broad and very general, and that is what when do we expect anything to take place when it comes to expansion? Because all these different people are speaking, right? Jim Delaney, Barry Alvarez, okay, well, Bob Bowlesby, commissioners, power brokers, presidents. They had this secret meeting in... Not that wasn't so secret in Santa Clara at the hotel the morning of the national championship game. I want to I want to answer that with a question for you because I know you have your, your delving has gone deeper because you talk about it on various other shows you do. How easy is it for them to blow up the contract? So there like, is should, should that be part of what we're thinking? Well, the contract's twelve. You know, it should be okay. There is no quote look in clause right. for either side of it. I would. However, though, if both sides of a contract would like to renegotiate a contract, I feel like they they could decide this. That does the, the most important question I think for all of this is what why is this happening now and when can we expect action? I think we can expect action quickly. I think it's going to take like seven steps before we actually get to a press release that comes out and says, "Here's the format, 
here's the days that it's happening here are the seedings here's you know like when they actually release a, a when they have a press release that says we've expanded to six or eight or 12 or whatever the number is I think that's years down the road. So in 2000, I think it's 2023, what, how many will there be four teams? Yes. I, I would think this that, that they will announce something five, Two years out. five years from oh, now. Okay. And it'll be about... So we have to talk about this for five years? Or four, four, I mean, 2023 is four years from now, so maybe maybe longer. I, I, think, I think they'll announce something in three or four years. They'll work on it. They'll try to hone things into place in the meantime, and then will say in 2026 this will be implemented or whatever whenever the playoff contract runs out they aren't the point is is they are not in any rush to do this patience from college football fans for those of you that do want expansion patience is the number one word it's well, the, not going to happen anytime soon the, well the playoff we there's a lot of patience with the playoff because there was took 16 years yeah i mean the, the bcs was never really that popular i mean i think probably i had a 75 percent disapproval rating you know maybe two-thirds of fans didn't like it and complained about it and then eventually it happened you know eventually the playoff came um so we might have like you just said years and years of discussion complaining and then we'll we'll see uh, a tweak whether you know i think there will be lots of tweaking and i'll get to that in, in a minute um but that's my prediction we'll get to our predictions in, in a little bit but i think we know for a fact this isn't going to happen anytime soon so patience i think is the number one thing why is it happening now uh, and why are fi after five years first of all you've said this many times we don't have that much data well we have five years worth of data and the big ten's been left out three years in a row the big ten champ at least and that doesn't sit well with the second or third or most powerful person in college football right now jim delaney and more importantly his university presidents yeah, th there's one thing that uh, i did not we there was a lot of talk that we were surprised that Georgia was five and Ohio State was six and didn't put that much because it didn't really matter as far as the playoff but then when you read more about it that was a big statement I don't know if it's intentional but it was a big statement by the committee that a two-loss Georgia team that did not win its conference was ahead of a one-loss Ohio State team that won its conference and that specifically did not sit well with right. Jim Delaney and the commissioners the the committee just did that because they thought Georgia was the a better football team, not a more deserving football team. I, I and I always argue that those are the same things, but that's just me. It's they're not. If you are one of the four best teams, that by definition makes you one the the because the deserving is like it, ha it deserving can only be defined by the the mission statement of the committee playoff or the playoff committee. Let's and not get into this debate. The mission statement is put the four best teams in, so then you have to be deserving if you're one of the four best well, that's semantics right there that's not <laughs> um so I, I i think that's there are commissioners that that are are concerned again that there there is a commissioner concerned that his one loss champion was behind a two loss non-champion even though neither team won the league i think there's certain things we all have like I unless you are just 100 percent, it's got to be four forever or the opposite if you're sort of can you know can see both sides of it, you can see arguments. Things like that every year that happen can kind of put you over the top. So Jim Delaney might have been a four-team guy five six years ago, but every year as more data comes in, he might be like, well, this this is the straw that broke the camel's back for me again that my champ was behind Georgia. And, and I think you're right to point out that point, even though it's completely irrelevant that they were ranked five and six in the large scheme of things. Right. All that really mattered was the committee deciding number four, and then from that point on, in the grand scheme, there's of, really almost it, no point. It doesn't to rank, matter. To it does not. Right, that. and that's what's so weird is that something that doesn't matter at all could be one of the driving force forces behind the Big Ten feeling slighted to some degree. And and listen, let let who, another important question: Who are going to be making these decisions? It is the presidents of the universities that will make these decisions, and getting into a playoff is not only good financially for the for the athletic department but it's but it grows your student enrollment and so let's like if you follow the money it's not just about the big paycheck from ESPN television contract or CBS or whoever buys the extra playoff games for expansion it's also about you know University of Wisconsin enrollment would go up if they got into a playoff game right more people are going to want to go to that school and so it's not just about the athletic department revenue you got to think bigger than that and the people making these decisions are going to be 
the university presidents, and they are all focused far more on the academic side than they are the sports side, and sports makes money for academics. They're all tied together. On a related note, my daughter got something in the mail from University <laughs> of Wisconsin that said Future Badger on it. It's a big sign that said hashtag Future Badger. Verbal commitment? No. No. It's, it's cold up there. No. They did not. It's a t- great city, though. She, would, it, fit in, oh, she, she would, would fit love in with, it. She would fit in very well with Madison. Put it this way. Knowing her the way I do. Their financial aid offer was did not come close to even <laughs> le- putting us think, letting us think about Wisconsin. <laughs> there you so go. love you, Badgers. You clearly want the Zoe's from Oshkosh to go there, not the Zoe's <laughs> from Nashville. And I get it. You're a state university. That's your mission. Um, but that's the point is you look at – I mean, look, Clemson enrollment is going to go through the roof. And then if they keep winning like this, it, people want to go to Al- – people that grow up in, like, North Dakota now want to go to Alabama because of what Nick Saban well, has done. Well, there, there, there have been stories in like the New York Times. I mean, you can right. Google these. Uh, there, there's a, a lot of suburban New York kids, Philadelphia kids from the Northeast that want to go to Alabama for the – college scene the fraternity scene there because of how good their football team is yes and that that will translate to clemson it, i think it'll, tra- it'll help university of georgia uh, and, and and follow the dots on this connect all the dots the better your student you're the more enroll the more applications you have the, the the higher quality student body you have which means you can then hire better and for teachers a, which means more professors everything but for a state professors. university oh, sorry you are attracting, especially in Alabama, you're attracting more out-of-state kids, and they yes. pay a higher tuition. Yes. So let's – you got to – again, this is all about money, but it's not just the television money that we think it is. So who is the – who are the decision-makers on this are the university presidents. So um, th- they will probably be, be presented with some sort of option, lots of options, and then we'll make some sort of decision. Um, the the um, I think it's Mark Keenum, right, the president of Mississippi State, is sort of chairing the 11-person – board that sort of manages all this stuff and they have sort of complete control it'll be interesting to see that's the that's the entity and the group of people that makes the decision um that we're meeting in santa clara the day of the national championship it, this feels like a political yeah thing. kind of an off the uh, weird question here obviously university presidents are all very smart i think there's no doubt you know you get to the stage yeah you're not an idiot does it bother you that they might not be "quote unquote" sports guys or sports gals. No, because I think they'll take their cues from the sports people okay. that are smart enough. That the and this gets us to where where do all those these leagues stand? Well, right now we know that Greg Sankey is anti, and the SEC is anti-expansion. It's worked just fine for them. They have said no, we don't want to expand. John Swafford of the ACC has said they are totally on board with expansion, which is odd because they have not missed a playoff and won multiple championships and are basically right there with the SEC. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure why you'd want expansion if you were sort of a one-team league, which feels insulting to the ACC, but I don't mean it that way. It's just it's been largely dominated by Florida State and, and Clemson over the years. And if, if you are a sort of not-as-deep-at-the-top type of league – it would make sense for you to want to keep it at four because you think you've got a really good chance to get one team in there. Um, where if it expands, you're still only getting one team in there probably. So anyway, we know Mike Oresco of the AAC is pro-expansion. We know Craig Thompson of Mountain West is pro-expansion. I cannot imagine a group of five human being being anti-expansion. Are there a group of five human beings? Um, fans are sort of like five kickers. teams. They're sort of like kickers. No, I think they're fans of group of five teams. They're I'm, not I'm a group saying, of no, five I'm saying team. Any, anybody. I'm saying anybody that's involved in a group of five. Okay. Any human that is attached to a group of five university in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Both either work so professionally there's power or five fandoms. people and there's a group of five people. Yeah. There's there's separate sections of humans. Okay. There's a lower class and an upper class. No, I'm kidding. Did you say that out loud? <laughs> um, it's very... Um, I, I view the Sun Belt sort of like where Katniss Everdeen is from. Right, like the Sun Belt, sort of Never like Section Thirteen or yeah. whatever the heck section she's section she's from. I don't know. Um, it's a movie. I know what you're it's talking. Very popular. Yes, like Jennifer Lawrence is in it. Extraordinarily. What's popular. the name of it? Hunger Games. Okay. God. Some, you you question my culture all the time on TV shows. My and movies, wife and kids have all seen. And then it you've never seen Hunger Games or Shameless. I always wonder about you sometimes. Uh, all right. So, who's in? Who's out? And, and the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. I would assume since they're the ones talking about this stuff, are in favor of expansion as well. So essentially, there's not really any <laughs> decision makers blocking this other than the SEC, and they will not be able to hold off the other but But the, you know, but the, but the SEC championship game is off the table, don't you think? I think all championship games are off the like table. Like off the table, like they won't end those. Like Yes. They, 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 they those, are, those are here to stay. They make too much money for people. Yes. Um, now, the, when, we, when it comes time to predictions on this stuff, I, you have to incorporate the championship game into that that conversation we'll get to that 
in just a second. Some obstacles that need to be cleared and problems that need to be solved. Championship games is one of them. Um, structure and format is certainly a big issue. Um, the contract itself is a, is, a, is a hurdle. There's too much, and this goes back to why it's going to take a long time. There's too many things that have to happen for it to be put in place. There's logistical issues. I think we're all in agreement that if you go to eight, the first round is going to be on campus sites, and then there's, I've heard people bring this up, small college towns in mid, you know, without two months to plan, without three, four months to right. plan. There's a lot of stuff like that you just don't think about. Well, and, and I think a month to plan, you could be fine, but you're right. I mean, now, that being said, these towns are capable of hosting 100 and 10,000 people all the time every you know eight times every fall yeah so there there's a lot of things that happen and you know Auburn's a very small place but somehow they managed to get 87,000 people comfortably into a building seven times every Saturday I think not that comfortable I think they'll figure it out um so I I find that to be interesting here's the things from a prediction standpoint I wanted to I wanted to throw out there because this is what I think is going to happen first what I think is going to happen first is they're going to change the language of the playoff committee I think that's what's going to happen first. And and to some degree, this is Jim Delaney. This whole thing is... What do you mean language? So... Uh, How they pick teams? Yes. I think they're going to change that. Uh, number one, this is this is sort of Jim Delaney working the refs to some degree. All This whole conversation. The reason we're even talking about this could be that Jim Delaney wants to get the call next year. He wants his team to get in next year. He's complaining about it now, Phil Jackson style in game one, willing to take the technical and the public heat in game one so that in game six he gets the call he wants from the refs this is sort of the big 10 working the refs to some degree which i think is going to lead to a change in the language of the committee and i think what they're going to do is there and i think wrongly so i think they're going to put a heavier emphasis on conference championships and i don't like that but i think that's i, I why, why do you say that i'm not sure what's going to happen because because th- that's the thing that people value the most inside their own league the the you we are the big 10 champs we are the Big 12 champs. We are the Pac-12 champs. Well, I think if we go to eight, then... I think it's going to happen before. Yeah. okay. I, I so you th- think they're going to change the language while in, while in the four? Yes. I think they will currently tweak. It'll be small tweaks. It'll be subtle tweaks. But it'll be to avoid the Georgia-Ohio State thing that you're talking about. I think that's what we're going to see. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's right within but, the four. I'm, this, I might be contradicting myself. I'm much more open to conference champions and automatic bids and all that stuff in an eight. I'm not necessarily in favor, but I'm open to it. I'm definitely not open to it in a four, uh, and which, I am, which obviously you can't do because there's not. But I, like, think, I, I don't think it should be more important. I don't think it should, you should agree. add. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you have to think of this sort of like Frank Underwood in, in House of Cards. Like I only saw the first three seasons, but I, 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 think I, I know how he thinks. It, it, yeah, you have to think like nine moves down the road. And – the way you make automatic like I worked I worked my predictions come from working backwards automatic bids to in my mind are going to happen in an 18 playoff how do we then create the most value for those automatic bids and the first way to do that is to change the committee's language and and value the conference championship the next step a big step is scheduling uniformity my second prediction scheduling uniformity across college football's power five leagues whatever that may mean whether that's nine conference games or ten or eight or no FCS or Power Five non conference, I'm just I'm am just saying there there will be. Uni- I, I don't think you can get uniformity. It's just it's it's so difficult because within structural uniformity, structural, but within own leagues. And I talk about this all the time. I, I know not, I know Auburn. I know Auburn wasn't good this year, but we thought they. Were, you know, Tennessee plays Auburn and Alabama out of the West. Like, how's that uniform to what other teams are going to be? Tennessee handled Auburn quite easily. <laughs> that's not the point. No, I know. Uh, listen, I that's not that's not up for debate. I agree with you, yeah. but t- it's almost from a PR standpoint. It doesn't change one team's schedule versus another team's schedule being more difficult. Like or less Mississippi difficult. State played eight conference game this year, and they played at Kansas State. Let's say Kansas State right. was really good. Like, wh- why is that different than right? So someone else playing a nine-team conference. Listen, league? you're using logic and reason to discuss something that fans discuss, which is they're irrational. It's short for fanatic. They they. Every other fan outside of the SEC hates the November scheduling of FCS opponents. We get rid of that. Even though it's not the SEC's fault, it's the Big Ten's fault that they don't allow non-conference games after week seven or whatever. That's their own rule. You could change it. One more thing of logic, and I know I'm interrupting you, is the the reason the FCS thing doesn't matter to me because if you play Charleston Southern versus playing – if 
if Alabama plays Charleston Southern versus San Jose State, there's no difference there. In fact, you can find a lot of FCS teams that are better than the bottom yes. 10, 15 teams. So right. just I'm, look at the schedule. Look at the teams they played. I don't care if they're an FCS or not. Again, you're using all kinds of reason and logic here to explain something to people that don't care about that, fans, especially people on Twitter. It, it is about appearing to be as fair as possible, meaning every league plays the same number of conference games. Every league plays the same st- – quote-unquote stature of non-conference opponents, whether that's one mid-major, one group of five, one power five, whatever it may be. Everybody play Like, there has to be scheduling uniformity across all leagues, which I don't necessarily like because I like that things are regionalized and unique. That's what makes our sport quirky and kind of fun, in my opinion, over the years, is that the Pac-12 does things their way and the SEC does things their way and the Big Ten is the way they do it. And being different was cool. It's, it's fine, but... Not if we're going to have all this bitching and moaning at the end of the season about the playoff and the championship. And if you're going to really truly believe that the SEC isn't deserving or whatever, the only way to solve some of that complaining is to 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 give us scheduling uniformity across all leagues. So that's that. I, would be, I think that's just a mirage, though. Like I said, I I, I agree with you. Okay. I don't think. Listen, nine conference games in the SEC is going to be harder than nine conference games in the Big Twelve. I'm sorry, it's just what it is. But it's the appearance. But sometimes it won't be either. Like, let's say you played this year, you played Arkansas. Your ninth game was Arkansas as opposed to playing Oregon. I'm just, you know. So those are my those are my two predictions. Okay. The third prediction is more of a wish, wishful thinking on my part. And that is get rid of the divisions and make one and two play in the championship game. Because the only way you will convince me that automatic bids are worthy is if the best two teams in each league are playing. You cannot tell me that one 60-minute game by a 7-5 and five pit team is more important than the other 13 games that the teams have played the other 12 games in the regular season. If you give me one versus two, like the Big 12, in every other league, I am closer to being on board with automatic bids. So get rid of divisions across. So two predictions and wishful thinking for me. And I think this is going to take years. Four or five years, all this stuff is going to happen. And then it'll set us up for, to be we'll be a more receptive media and fan world to automatic bids in an eight-team expansion. Does that make sense? you got to think... Like, there's steps in this process that are going to take place. Yeah, it's like you're taking away arguments. You're taking away hurdles or, you know, th- you're basically taking away things for people to object to or find f- complain about Bingo. smooth out the process. That's what I think is going to happen. I think the committee and the power brokers that be will spend the next four years doing that, clearing out obstacles so that, okay, we don't like this about the 18. We don't like this about the 16. We don't like this about, well, here's here, we're just going to clear the path over the next four years, and then they'll go, oh, now that the path is clear, boom, 18 playoff, rip up the TV contract, $7 billion becomes $15 billion, everybody makes money, blah, 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 blah. And they named the Cover 2 podcast as the official in, uh, selection committee. I tend to agree with that. I mean, I think we should do a live podcast during the committee meetings. Okay. Well, we'll just pick the teams like in real time. No, we'll discuss. We'll be like, well, um, Barry Alvarez is. No, going, I want us to pick Barry Alvarez teams. is going with tacos today yes. uh, instead of. Uh, oh no, uh, Bobby Johnson's Bob, Bobby Johnson's going with sloppy Joe's. Uh, I don't very, see Bobby. No, he's interesting choice by him. He's I, I very assume well, vegan for him. He, but, no, uh, no, I just think he he's a neat guy. He's every, everything firmly pressed. He doesn't want to get any sloppy Joe on his khakis. Hmm. His pressed khakis. I don't think so. So he wouldn't be a salad guy then either because I've seen some salads get out of hand. Yeah, they can get out of control out of that bowl quickly. Yeah, I'm not careful. I don't know. I got to think about it. I, I was saw thinking him, like I saw I was him thinking eating a tur- PF Chang's once. I was thinking like a turkey club. Yeah, per- perfect <laughs> with baked Lay's chips. <laughs> you baked. know that for a fact. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, we could be the official uh, podcast of the college football. So we're gonna go committee. through each committee member and what predict what their meal would be. <laughs> no, I'm good. I think Barry Alvarez would definitely sloppy Joe brats. Just <laughs> yeah. just a plate of brats, like a pyramid, you know, where they come out and there's like. Four of them, and then three, and then two pop more. Them in. Just pop a Don't ever pop a brat. That's the key. Okay. Uh, you, you've cooked me popped brats before. It was, I'm offended. It was an accident, though. <laughs> exactly. Yes. The whole point is Pierced to never pop, skin, yes. never pop the brat. It's very critical. Um, so is there anything else? You Is there unintended consequences of this? Do you disagree? Do you have, I mean, any, the, different, uh, you have different predictions? I don't, think there's, I don't think there are unintended consequences. There are consequences is how to work the bowl games in. Yeah. And, like, it's never going to affect the that. Music City Bowl. But it might affect the, you know. Oh, I think the Outback Bowl. You know, I think Music City Bowl is moving up to playoff status. That's what they're shooting for. Once the Titan Stadium is renovated, little chilly. They have to be have an outdoor stadium. They when the Titans redo this. Nashville's coming, man. 
the Titans will redo their stadium, and it'll be host of college football playoff games, Final Fours, and they'll shoot for a Super Bowl. But so you think it's going to be a dome here? I, I, yes. They will have to do it. Either a renovation or a total rebuild. Yeah, I mean, if there's a, a dome in Nashville, then, then of course the Music City Bowl is in great shape. Bit of, an ex- bit of an aside there. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think that's one of the consequences is how to work some of the group of you basically you're just you're working some of the group of i mean the new year six bowls in that aren't part of the rotation they're just all part of it every year i guess i don't know i haven't thought about it um one last note and i think you i don't you sort of doubted me when i said this but i've asked very smart people about this since that moment and all of them have agreed with me that the quote driving force behind all of this conversation that we're having it ain't ucf and it ain't the group of five and i said that on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and you kind of were like oh i don't know that's on Twitter. Danny White and and no no the, all you, that stuff you're misinterpreting on, my on doubter. My point was when Barry Alvarez, when this first broke, was saying, "Oh, you know," and some of the people were saying, "There's we got to look at some of the teams that are deserving, like the group of five teams that like he didn't care about that. He just said that he's worried about his own house." Right, right, yes. So I'm not saying that the, the, there's concern about the playoff expansion conversation on social media centered around UCF right. and that is fake it is not real it is not a part of the actual process they are the group of five is a rider on a congressional bill a congressional bill goes puts through Mr. You put, bill you put one line on the bottom that says oh and the group of five will get a bid automatically as the eighth seed if they're have at least 10 wins and in the top 12 like that they will get a one line mention at the bottom of the playoff that UCF is not a factor the group of five are not factors in all of this, this is about the 65 university presidents making this decision. How so, are you managing to keep your focus when it's snowing outside? I, I, I mostly the snow is not bothering. Mostly just you. Actually, you're the one bothering me, and you making all these silly gestures at something that happens normally in life. Not in Nashville. It's very strange. Like to once me. a year. Uh, all right. Anything else you'd like to add, or we want to move on to the news and notes, current events we, portion we have, of the podcast? We have breaking news about our news and notes. Oh, Brandon Winbush has committed to play. At the University of Central Florida next year. Okay. We are talk- we're we're going to talk now a little coaching, a little grad transfers. So, we so were it's g- not breaking news about our breaking news segment. It's, yeah, it is. It's a piece of breaking news that we will include in our breaking news segment. Our news segment. I thought you were going to break some news about our news segment and say something like, Breaking news We're going to do this every week on the pod or something. I don't no, know. I'm not like you. I don't just throw things out in the middle of the pod <laughs> like news segments. Okay. Brandon Winbush, formerly the quarterback at Notre Dame, is now... While Mackenzie Milton hopefully heals up and gives it a go in 2020 for his fifth season, Brandon 2019. Winbush, 2000, no, how Mackenzie Milton heals up and he gives will it not a, play this year at all. Is what no, you're no, he's right. he's just so Brandon Winbush will gotcha. play this year as a grad transfer and hopefully we will see Mackenzie which, Milton back. Which means one, Mister Jalen Hurts is not going to UCF. He didn't yeah. visit there. He's visited Miami, Maryland, and Oklahoma. I, I think the Miami and Maryland. Okay, you're you're, you're his advisor. You're his strange. dad. Where where do you want to see Jalen Hurts go? I, the, you're his dad. See, I don't know if his dad would say this. I I would want to see him personally at TCU. I I think he fits the system well. What what they want to run there offensively. It's back home in his home state. I, you have a chance to compete for a Power Five championship that you do not get at at Houston. And I'm not sure fully if you fit because Houston's always been the long-term Vegas favorite for him to land. I don't think that gives you, you know, ironically, it might actually help you develop for the NFL because Holger, Holgerson me, at least could could teach him how to chuck it around. I don't know if he fits that system well enough. So TCU is the place I want to see him. If I'm his father, I would. I, I the Oklahoma thing is interesting. I don't know if you're guaranteed to start at Oklahoma. That's the thing. You, he needs to weigh. You're guaranteed this, to start at, at Maryland. At this is he. I mean, They've probably. got some good quarterbacks. They're not that good. And they all get hurt. It's Maryland. True. I um, mean, he'll, he'll start by week three at least after they get hurt. <laughs> right. Here, here's Miami the, here's, clearly needs him. Yeah, so he, I think he'd start right away at Miami too. He, here's how he just needs to decide at this juncture of his career. Does he want to compete for a national championship, something he's already done? Or does he want to guarantee playing time? Does he want to try and develop as an NFL player? There's lots of things. Does he want to be at home? He's a unique situation because he's already been to Alabama. He's already won at the high level. Like some guys when they transfer, they're like, yeah, I've had a good career. It's been fun. But I want to see how the other Most half lives. Most of the time because you, you didn't play enough. Yeah, he, he wants to see how the other half lives. He has the opportunity to say, 
this is not a slight at Maryland, but screw it. You know, I know we're not going to – he doesn't think this way, but right. I know we're not going to win a national championship, but I'm going to go play for a coach I'm familiar with. It's still a, it's still a P5 school power. I'm going to play Michigan. I'm going to play Penn State. It's a, you know, a good place to go. Or does he go to a group of five school where you know he could put up even bigger numbers against not as good competition? So I think it's I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it is, and he's a really easily likable. Like you root for him. It seems to be developed, so. you know, from what we saw in the at least on third downs in the SEC championship game. He was great, an improving yeah. quarterback. Um, any other transfer news? This in, is where, where would you tell him to go? Uh, Oklahoma. They have so they have Spencer Rattler coming in. He's the number yeah. one quarterback recruit in the nation, um, who physically is ready to play, but a little undersized, six one, you know, one eighty five. Um, they've got what Austin Kendall is he's, leaving. He's a, well, he's right? in the proto. He's in the portal. That doesn't mean he's ah, leaving. He's in the portal. Yeah. Um, he's in the. Nev- I feel like it's a yeah. It's like a like a nineteen nineties sci fi movie. The yeah. NCAA transfer portal. Yeah. So you know, just the track record there, and, Ryan Leaf. and, and uh, you know. Is he guaranteed to start there? Probably not. But if Lincoln Riley wants you, he probably has a pretty good idea of your skill set and that you're gonna. You yeah, I guess he thinks he start. could. I guess he thinks he could throw it around in that system. Here's an interesting one. He's kind not of, the same passer that Kyler Murray. No, definitely not. A little bit off the radar. Ben Hicks, who put up big numbers at SMU, was transferring, grad transferring to Arkansas to play for Chad Morris, his former coach. And wasn't didn't Ty Story? Ty Story leaving. is leaving. No, no. Who's the Cole Kelly is leaving. That's right. Ty Story is thinking about leaving. Mm. So now Ben Hicks coming in. I love this. Like it's like free agency. Reporting sources indicate teenager thinking about changing mind. Yes. What? That sounds like a dangerous news business to be in. Um. So that's uh, any other transfers? I want to get to the uh, early. Riley Neal became official yesterday. Transfer from Ball State to Vanderbilt, where I think he will start. Okay. Uh, early enroll, early entrance into the NFL draft. This was, of course, finalized. Kyler Murray on that list, declaring for the NFL draft. So, um, I, listen, I, I think it sounds like Kyler Murray is going to play f- football first and then go to the baseball world afterward, which I think is sound um, reasoning there and logic. Uh, compare him to, to Lamar Jackson, who was a first-round pick. He is a far better thrower than Lamar Jackson. He is equally as explosive. But he might also be 20 or 30 pounds lighter and four inches shorter. I mean, he's 5'8", five, 5'9", five, probably 190 pounds at best. I, I just – he is an exceptional talent. You know what? But, I don't know. I'm not going to say he's yeah. going to be great or he's not going to be good. I, you know. Yeah. I think he is – I would – my untrained – my, you know, not a scout, not an X and O's guy, I'll say that. If, you ha- if I was an NFL franchise and you have Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, I'd take Kyler Murray. I would also take Kyler Murray. I think Lamar Jackson was the last pick of the first yes. round. I think he'll be a first-round pick, but you cannot split time as a quarterback. You can split time as a running right. back and as a corner. You can't split time as a quarterback. You're going to have to focus 100%, and the A's are going to have to be willing. I mean, not necessarily. The A's screwed up by letting him play football, basically. Bingo. They just Bingo. They were being nice. For, you know, the guy had never really been a starting quarterback. Okay, go let him play. Right. Like, wins the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, wins the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> um Along with Rodney Anderson, Marquise Brown, Bobby Evans, Cody Ford. Um, leaving early, guys? Uh, Kyler Murray, all leaving early from the Oklahoma offense. So two stud offensive linemen. They did not play, obviously, with Rodney Anderson this year. But Marquise Brown gone, Kyler Murray gone. So Lincoln Riley's going to have to do it all again next year with an offensive line. Um, o- Ohio State had a bunch of guys leave early. Alabama had seven underclassmen declare early. All four of Georgia's kids that declared are all offensive weapons. Nicole Hardman, Isaac Nada, uh, Riley Ridley, Isaiah Holyfield, they all leave. Um, you know, Clemson only Elijah. Had, Elijah, sorry. Clemson only had a couple of kids. Leave, Simmons, the uh, linebacker safety is coming back. Isaiah Simmons just announced he's coming back. Yeah, uh, Trey Lamar, Dexter Lawrence um, are the only Clemson kids. I think there's one more that I'm missing uh, for Clemson. Trayvon Mullen, the corner who, actually, who had a big game in the championship game, um, is leaving. Uh, of note, of course, uh, Ole Miss, two receivers, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown is gone. Um, Notre Dame is losing some guys uh, as well as Julian Love, Miles Boykin, Julian Love, um, the uh, tight end Mac uh, is leaving them as well. Florida State, I, anything catch you off guard as far as guys? David Montgomery for Iowa State, my hurt, my cycle. I know that one hurt a little bit there. Um, Byron Murphy, a kid we you know Washington expected to be a first round draft pick. No surprise there. Any any surprises for you on both the, tight ends at Iowa? 
Of course, yes. Of course. All seven tight ends in Iowa just declared for the draft. <laughs> um, and, and defensive end as well, I believe, for Iowa as well. Noah Fant looks like a potential first-round pick. Uh, I'm not sure if Hawkinson is a that high of a draft pick, but Fant could be a first-round pick. Um, little Jordan Humphrey, we mentioned, uh, we mentioned him on him a couple weeks previous ago. podcast. He's Khalil gone. Tate appears to be coming back to Arizona after he was flirting with transferring. I think he announced he's returning, so that's noteworthy. How do you feel about that? Good. Your fantasy Let's team, do it again. You're bringing him back on the squad next year? Hey, I made the semifinals. And okay. Some bad calls to you in the semis. Uh, Michigan, of course, loses Rashawn Gary, Devin Bush, and uh, the cornerback there long. But um, Shea Patterson back. Not that that was a big surprise. Demaria Crockett gone from Missouri, that offense. Yeah. I thought that was a little interesting. Well, they, they've got good running backs. They always seem to. Uh, Alex Barnes for Kansas State. That was interesting. Uh, I love uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I think he's a great yes. player. and I think Stanford wide receiver. Yeah, if you're a, a, a first-round, oh. late, late first-round, kind of early second-round pick, I think he's going to have a really good NFL career. This was kind of under the radar where Bryce Love announced that he tore his ACL in their regular season finale. Yeah, so he's got to recover, you know, be ankle injuries, now a knee injury. You know, I, will he play in the NFL? Yes, at some point I think he will, but he, you know. Uh, we already knew about Nikhil Harry, Kelvin Harmon, Dwayne Haskins, of course, ad- acknowledging that, that he, he is gone. Um, Justice Hill and Tyrone Johnson, both for Oklahoma State. Some weapons there gone off that offense. Daniel Jones for Duke. Yeah, your guy, first first yeah, round could pick. Could be a first round yeah. pick. So who? anybody else of note here? You, you good on this list? Yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn back at Vanderbilt, led the SEC in yards per carry. What about the tight end? Jared Pickney, Jared Pickney back. That's a surprise to I, me. If you would, I, I don't know why he, he does that. If you asked me midseason, I would have said 90% chance he was gone. Um, A&M losing some guys. Jared Stidham yes. uh, as well gone. Tyrell Dotson. Auburn. Jeffrey the, Simmons gone from Mississippi yeah. State. So People can find fo- this list. A lot of good football yeah. players out there. Um, nobody really, Nothing really surprised me, though, uh, on that list, except for some of the Vandy guys coming back. and um, So, you know, Justin Ebert coming back as well. That was rumored all season. You want to get into some coaching stuff? Yeah, um, this one fascinates me. Josh Gaddis, who uh, former wide receiver at Wake Forest when their ACC championship years, who mm-hmm. uh, got his big break. I guess James Franklin hired him away from Western Michigan at Vanderbilt. Then he went to Penn State. Then he went to Alabama as a co-OC, but no play calling duties. Was rumored to be leaving. Everyone thought he was leaving. There was a story out today. He's quoted saying that he was telling Nick Saban that he was leaving. Nick Saban wasn't very happy, telling him he was going to Maryland. And basically had committed to Maryland, got a call out of the blue from Jim Harbaugh, who talked him into, with probably more money, to go to Michigan as a play caller. I think this is fascinating. Pat Hamilton's still on the coaching yes, staff, right? Yes. Michigan? You, you have a Michigan program that it's sort of criticized for its lack of um, it, it, creativity it, offensively. It, they had big number. I know, it but, shed some of that this year. Okay, but so you, you've got a Michigan program that, that struggled down the stretch – Hiring an offensive coordinator who struggled down the stretch. You, they lost to Ohio State and Florida bad. They lost in the big. They lost in their most important football yeah. game. But that's not hiring struggling o- down the stretch. I think they struggled down the stretch. Their last two games, they the got bowl blown game out. doesn't count. Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush didn't even play. Come on, their offense was not good. You're hiring a play co- someone who's never called plays before, and then if you're Josh Gaddis, you're going to work for a guy who you've. Basically, you didn't even go on campus. He admitted he like they they didn't even go on campus till the next day. So I hope it works out. Josh Gaddis is uh, so you're fascinated because it just the the marriage was just it was like a was just never pl- called plays and never been to campus. Yes, <laughs> other than that, it makes you know <laughs> perfect sense. Yeah, it's a very Harbaugh-ian thing to do. Yeah. but it also feels like it could be a title only. No, yeah. he's. I mean, they they say he's calling plays. Well, and that's right and but that, you know that's what? about if, as permanent as the they, weather so. then, then josh gas will be at michigan for one year if he was lured <laughs> there to call plays and he's not calling plays no, I, I tend to agree uh this is interesting james coley uh been promoted at uh, georgia to replace uh jim cheney who goes to tennessee, tennessee along with reportedly t martin as a wide receiver well no actually there's there's no there's, there's not a, a space on his staff technically right now as of the time that we're recording this um for t martin actually there will be, be on staff. Minutes. Th- there <laughs> will be um, I, Jim Cheney is you could do a lot worse than Jim Cheney um, very strange relationships with his fans because I think fan, all offensive coordinators do yeah it's true like even Georgia fans didn't really like Mike Bobo all that much and he was oh, really, right. he there's, was really there's, good there's, statistically yeah. um, listen Jim Cheney is good when he has great players and he's average when he has bad players so we'll find out what, what kind of players Tennessee has next year uh, T. Martin great recruiter um, I, I like the the Coley hire is interesting because there was rumors that he was sort of up and 
kind of coming on that staff anyway. Part of what may have led former to Jim play Chaney. caller at Miami, I believe. So he's he's done that. Part of why Tennessee might have been able to get Jim Chaney is that Kirby Smart didn't necessarily want, especially when you double his contract, essentially. Um, Dan Enos lured to Miami after a good brief, hire. after a brief stint as the offensive coordinator for Alabama a couple of weeks there. I think that's a good move for Manny Diaz, who I don't think is going to have a lot of success. Um, Mark Whipple will be the offensive coordinator for Pat Narduzzi. Veteran, been around. Offense hasn't really been their concern. For a defensive-minded head coach, the issue for Pittsburgh has been more about the defense lately. Yeah, they, so. they, they had success running the ball. Uh, Andy Ludwig leaves Vanderbilt, which was he was there four years. I believe that was the longest stint of his career at one stop. Goes back to Utah. He's an Ogden, Utah native. and That's a long journey. Utah's from Nashville to Salt Lake City. Well, they have planes. Uh, no, I'm just saying it's a that's a very different change. Well, he's never been until he went to Wisconsin. He never coached right. east of the Mississippi. Is Wisconsin east of the Mississippi? Actually, it's, it's probably west, right? Very much west of. The but it's it's on the Mississippi. I mean, it's right there. So Vanderbilt was the only. Are job. we going to do another real time? Well, I'm saying it's, it's live. The state of Wisconsin is on the Mississippi. Right, it's right there. <laughs> well, it's on a lake. Yeah. Well, if you <laughs> Mississippi went straight, so. Um, <laughs> So okay, so Vanderbilt was his only job east of Mississippi. So basically, he's going back home, and he inherits a really good offense. Um, bo- uh, tons of starters back on that offense there. Mike Bajakian goes to Boston College to replace Scott Leffler, who's now at Akron, I believe. Scott Leffler, man, that yeah. guy's he's been around. It seems like his career is in the wrong direction. He's going well. He's head coach for the first time, so maybe uh, not. Uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So, uh, uh, Mike Yurchich, I forgot. Mike Yurchich uh, from leaves. Oklahoma State was going to take the Tennessee job, ends up taking the Ohio State job. But we instead. don't know, you know, will he be a play caller working for Ryan Day? My guess is Ryan Day will call plays. Don't know if that's been announced. Um, so, will we see the post-signing day move around, for lack of a better word, that we've seen in recent years? Or no, because everyone just knows that the real signing day is in December. You know how... We used to see a lot of coaching movement in yeah. February. I don't, for some reason, I just don't think we'll see as much. Well, it just it seems like it's just More been a position, steady. It yeah. seems like it's just been a steady flow. Like yeah. ever since the early signing period, it's just been a steady, like a like a trip. Every day there's a new hire. Every day there's a guy changing schools or, or whatever. Um, Wisconsin definitely east of the Mississippi. So it is east. Yes, like I said originally, it is. And you tried to correct me. Well, I didn't know that the Mississippi finished in Minneapolis. Yeah, like, I didn't know that it. Oh finished. yeah, so it is. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, idiot. So well, I'm two and zero in geography. Ar- no, I wasn't you... arguing about that. I just was like, I don't know where the end of the Mississippi River. W- I knew it was in ended. Minneapolis. Or I began? Just... Does it begin there? Ends in the Delta, so it ends in Louisiana. So it starts somewhere else. I didn't know if it's. St- I don't know where. Uh, listen, it, I am it runs the along the. I did not realize this. It runs along the western border of Illinois, it looks like. It creates yeah. the western border of Illinois. Of course. Of course. The old man. <laughs> <laughs> the mighty Mississippi. <laughs> of course. This isn't the party of Abe. <laughs> um, yes, I, I just, I think I once it gets to like the top of Illinois, I just didn't ever just focus out of on sight, where out of mind. Yeah, like it's not like a big river at that point. It's smaller. It's a, it's a big river. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, I'm going to throw you in the middle of it <laughs> so you get out. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've been to the Mississippi River in Memphis. I've been to the Mississippi River in Baton Rouge. I've been New to the Orleans. Mississippi River in New Orleans. I've been to the Mississippi River. St. Louis? Many, yes, many times. Never in Minneapolis. Or I've been to Minneapolis Minnesota. several times. Um, okay. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian. We think to Alabama. Reportedly, allegedly, going to be the head, uh, the head coach, the offensive <laughs> coordinator in Alabama. That would be Head coach in waiting? Um so uh, Sark is interesting to me because he's a guy that gets too much flack. I think I on think Twitter. so too. Like he, 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 everybody hates him on Twitter, but his offenses seem to be better than what people think. And in a shocking development, Nick Saban does not make his hires based on the <laughs> what people are saying on Twitter. I'm glad you pointed that. Yeah, because I think a lot I'm of people glad. like I can see Nick looking at his phone like hmm, this guy looks popular. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, that's Nick not doing research. Actually, no one, no one's popular on Twitter, so you couldn't find someone. Um, those are all OCs, which I think fans. Yeah, are, not, you're, not, you're right. I think that there's a there's probably a conversation about someday. Like this is the off season, I guess, so we can have the conversation. Why fans are so resentful of offensive coordinators. And defensive coordinators, they just get fired. Like, if you have a bad defense, like, midway through the year, you just fire I don't feel like that happens with OCs, but fans don't have as connectedness, connection with, with DC. Well, because Am I you making look, this up in my head? No, no, because you can look at a play and say, why did you run the ball up the middle, you dumbass? Where, like, if you're a defensive <laughs> coordinator, like, a fan's not saying, okay, we should have been in cover three right. or, you know, 
You just, it's They're not, not watching sophisticated the enough. You're not right. watching the same way where you can sit there and say that was a dumb play call. Everyone thinks they would. They know what to do. I so. think that's fair, and and so I think offensive coordinators. I think stability in the offensive coordinator world is like two years. Like that's how it's that's what it's gotten to at this point. Um, and it, and we don't notice it as much in college because the players change so frequently. Like I made it's this much bigger deal in the NFL. I made this point same guy throughout our broadcasts on Vanderbilt games this year, and I could have looked this up easily. That I, my guess is there was no there was not a quarterback coordinator who had been together longer for more starts than Andy Ludwig and Kyle Shermer. You know, three and a half year starter. Yeah. yeah. Just because coordinators just don't stay. Yeah. You know, well, Nick Saban's had uh, like 11 coordinators right. in the last like four years. Yeah. So um, it is interesting, though, that the, the fans just, man, when you get on social media, like the OC is the guy who just takes a beating. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous on social media. And it's never, you know what? Sark's offense, they were like the fourth rated passing offense in the league, and Devontae Freeman got hurt and at, for the Falcons, and their rushing numbers got worse. And people, it thought, like, all they did was rip on him. Julio Jones had the best season of his career. Here's what it, it's the hypocrisy of it. It's like fourth and two at the th- the three. If it doesn't work, offensive coordinator is an idiot. If it works, no one says good. Rarely do you say, oh, that's a great call. You yeah. say, oh, we're at the three. We should score. Yeah. So, um, all you, right. you had a question for me? I have one question about 2019. Okay. And this is spurned from, first of all, I had no idea what the heck you and blatant homerism were talking about in a Twitter uh, thread with me um, Alan Kinney of course yeah. uh, good friend of the show I don't know if you're quoting a movie or not I don't yes. know but what I what what's what was what, what piqued my interest with it was it was you it wasn't you should know this it was um, Charlotte from Ozark right I, I didn't know that because I can't quote a TV show that is like a year old had to feel for Trevor Lawrence when he got jilted by the smooth talking rich kid on the big boat remember the first season when Charlotte hooked up with the guy in the boat and he just took off afterwards she was looking for him sure it, there's only been 15 two episodes seasons. of the show two don't full act, seasons don't act Dude, like I've had two kids <laughs> since that episode came out alright I don't remember. I can't quote Are television shows. I can barely quote movies. I don't quote television if shows. If you hadn't, if we hadn't talked about the fact that he looked like Charlotte on right. the show, but that had nothing to do. Trevor, like anyway, people go read the thread. It didn't make any <laughs> sense to bring Trevor Lawrence into the equation in the first place. So that's why I was lost, and that's why I immediately asked questions. And then he said something about doing dropping acid and going to his metal shop, which I feel like is a hot rod quote, but I don't know. Anyway, read the thread. Question. Uh, wait, 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 hold on. Related, is, I was listening to another podcast, oh God. and someone was doubting. How good of a school Missouri could possibly be because the dude from Ozark got accepted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Langmore? Uh, yeah, why? Three. Yeah, or two. Why? Why? Seven. Like, how, how could why? If how good of a school could it be if why got it? I thought their whole family were just numbers. <laughs> like uh, you're three, why six, you're okay. eight. Go with your question. Um. So, but inspired by that, at least the beginning thre- parts of that thread, was I just there are certain teams that I am already excited to just discuss on whether it's on Twitter podcast whatever there are teams i am interested in and fascinated by and nevada 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 and nevada iowa state is just a team that i am already excited to talk about i don't i can't explain it it there's no ready to purdy (laughs) hi my name is brayden and i'm here to purdy (laughs) i don't know why i find that very amusing um so I, i am excited about iowa state i I don't have to have an explanation. They may not be that good this year. Well, you've, you've already picked them for the Big 12 championship. That, I don't, I, who knows how you good they're going to be? I am just interested by them. And the, the heart wants what the heart wants, Mitch. You can't control this. Okay. So my question so, to you is, yes. what teams, just a handful of teams around college football, and try to be more creative than just like Clemson and Alabama, what teams that are maybe off the beaten path are you just really interested in by in 2019 it, through the process of putting the magazine together and the preseason rankings and all the things that are going to happen for the next eight months. What, like I am just fascinated by Iowa state, the quarterback, the head coach, the talent level, where their hierarchy is in the big 12, their schedule, they get Texas at home. I'm just, I, I'm already excited to talk about them. I'm not saying it's rational. I just enjoy uh, that, that team. Okay. Here, here's Give a me team. some examples of those teams for you that just, they're just really getting you going right now. Just a hot, hot and bothered Virginia. I think Broncos Ooh, a, good a good coach. I think I've always thought you could win. I don't know how, but you could win at Virginia. You know, they, they don't have a great tra- tradition. They're awful 60s, 70s. It seems to be getting better. They over, well, they overachieved by our prediction this year. They went four and four. I, I see no reason why in, in a coastal division, which no one will come up and seize it. I, I see, especially with Miami making a 
we, what we think is an average hire. If Virginia can take another step forward, I think we might pick them second in the, in, in the, in the Coastal. I think it's a big year for them. And another program, I want to see what happens if Army dominates again next year and goes 10-2. and two. Does Todd Monken, who, or Jeff Monken, who just got a contract renewal, does someone look Todd at him? Todd Monken's got a new job, too. Yeah, does someone look at him and say, you know what, even if I don't want him to run the option, maybe you can tweak it a little bit, does he get another job? Because hmm. I think that's an underrated story in college football the last two years, how good Army's really been. Um, all right, that's easy, easy lay, layup there. Go with the troops, easy layup there. Uh, Nebraska, I'm just sure utterly concerned Here, here's, with all here's things a, Here's a Nebraska thought, because I'm doing right now, I'm ranking – I haven't really done the ranking, but I'm ranking for the magazine. We do last year's coaches, first-year coaches. And for all the naysayers that will say, oh, the, he went four and eight. the record was the same, they were better statistically. You know, every, by every metric you look at, they were better statistically. Not even close. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, we got to go here, but i got a question for you. Okay. Have you uh, – you watching the new True Detective? Uh, I have it's good. I have them recorded. It's I good. There was two episodes. I have them recorded. The premiere Sunday night was two episodes. I, it, it was good. I asked my wife. I said, "What shows can I just go ahead and watch without, without you? you?" We have this debate all the time because there's so many that I want to watch. Then they're they're getting backlogged. Well, because when you kids, there's so little time that you both can. Well, I have more time right. during the day. I'm like, up later at night, so and I, I watch can't be up at late at night because my morning stuff. So I, I have to, I come home and I've got time during the day to watch. Like, so I rolled through. She was like, "Yeah, fine, go ahead, House of Cards." So I finished like all the final season of House of Cards in like two days. I'm like, "Listen, we haven't watched Narcos, we oh. haven't watched True Detective, we haven't watched like there's so much stuff we're we're missing out on new seasons of. We haven't seen the new season of Goliath. We I liked the first season of that. Never heard of it. Um, it's Billy Bob Thornton, out of work lawyer, really, really good. I don't remember what. I, don't, I think it's Amazon, maybe, don't but, it. but it's very good. And we haven't seen haven't seen Homecoming, ha- like all these shows that we want to check good out. Show. And I'm kind of like, I asked her, I go, can, so Narcos or True Detective? Which one can I start? And she looked at me, and she goes, can you just pick a show that I don't want to watch? So she gave me the the stiff arm, and so I was like, fine, I'll just go start like Walking Dead from the beginning or American Horror. I, I want to see American Horror Story. I've never seen that, and I've seen one episode. I want to. So I'm just going to start that. So I, we start. So I I'm, started, not, I'm just going to have to pick another show. I started watching Halt and Catch Fire, former AMC show. I enjoyed the first season of that. Uh, on my own, I told Heather about it, and she wanted to start watching. I'm like, okay, but then we got to watch it. So then I started watching The Sinner, former USA Today show with uh, Jessica. USA Today. USA show, sorry, USA <laughs> show. And she's like, "Well, I want to watch." I was like, "We can't. We can't have three I shows. Need my own shows. I need my own show. I need something on the side. Have your own show. She won't let me have side show. Of, yeah." You so you side know piece. <laughs> so that's why I watched I, last I, night. I watched episode two of the center. I really liked Halt and Catch Fire, and Haley, my wife. Why did you stop watching it? My wife didn't like it that much. Okay. So we watched the first season. We're, now we're about I can eight go episodes back, in. I can go back and watch the second season. It's an interesting story and good characters. And that's the one about uh, IBM or, or, or Dell and Austin. Texas. I think it's actually Compaq. Is the it's based on Compaq? Based on Dell. Isn't that Texas? Yes. Isn't Dell was based in Austin, Texas. Um, it's in Dallas, the show. So, uh, but anyway, it's about the '80s, right? It's, yes. So I watched. Yeah, we watched the whole first season, and then she just was like, "Eh, Mr. Robot, I want to watch that." I watched first season, did not like it. Starting a couple episodes, I thought it was a season. better version of Paul's Kitchen. It's more modern. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, all right. Running late here. Anything else? Um, no. Congratulations on uh, Zoe getting into Wisconsin and immediately turning them down. <laughs> They turned her down with <laughs> a lack oh, of financial aid. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, for Mitch Light, Braden Gall, follow us on Twitter at Athlon Mitch, at Braden Gall. Thanks for listening. Athlon Sports Cover 2 Podcast.